many people are talking about disclosure and so many people are saying it's happening it's going to happen then it's not going to happen for years you know everyone's got a different idea you've spoken to so many star children and beings what did their what what's coming out of your clients about disclosure what i'd say is don't look for the the governments to you know and what they're saying it's happening from the ground up more and more people that are contacting me right across the board from all cultures i mean i get emails from uruguay to africa to um, russia and and alaska what's happening is people are being activated and waking up to their true selves and their origins and they are writing books about it they're sharing their stories and this has been what I call the disclosure. The disclosure is every individual that finally owns their truth. And this is what I'm saying, you know, I, I like all of you and, and Karen as well, we're sharing our truth. We're no longer standing and saying, we don't care, you know, whether or not you, you get this or you understand it or you judge me for it. As far as I'm concerned, that's up to you. That's fine, but this is my truth. And the, this is what disclosure is. Disclosure is our truth saying the emperor is not wearing any clothes guys that this is this is the reality and um, what's fascinating and very heartening is many of those within professional lives that have got a lot to really a lot to lose by disclosing their truth are doing it now i've talked to medical doctors social workers lawyers psychiatrists psychologists um, physicists you know um, celebrities all of them um, are getting to a point as well as you know the ones that that don't consider it really you know they're very important at the end of the day we take notice of people with all the credentials and they are coming out of the space closet and saying this is my truth and they're being activated to do it I, I remember Dr Lena Olsen the molecular biologist in Sweden saying to me Mary she was talking to her team and um, one of them was the mantis and saying, well, is it time for me to come out now and say what's going on? And her answer was an instant healing of something that she'd had from a small child. Literally, all the bones went into place that she'd had this, and it was like, yes. And in Sweden, it's not easy because it's very, very controlled there and highly technological. And people, are, you know, anyone who's weird out there even talks about healing with crystals is considered a loony. So, she and she does she heals with these amazing crystals and whatever but she was told by the mantis by that healing now's the time and this is happening exponentially around the world i'm getting the emails that's the brilliant thing i'm having it proved to me on multiple levels medical doctors and that's disclosure disclosure is the true reality of who we are that's what real disclosure is and it's happening and it's happening now Welcome to the Inner Sanctum online group sessions with Karen Swain. This is some highlights from our two to three hour sessions we have each week with myself, Karen Swain, teaching deliberate creation. And once or sometimes twice a month, we invite a guest teacher to come in and join us and share their wisdom and we can quiz them and have a lovely time. Enjoy the highlights and if you'd like to join us online each week, please go to karenswain.com slash inner sanctum and sign up. Hello, Karen. 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 Hello, Karen.
Hello and welcome to the Inner Sanctum in September. We're at the beginning of September. Fabulous nine months and uh, birthday months, nine months after Christmas, lots of birthdays in September. And I have the gorgeous Mary Rodwell in the Inner Sanctum with our little online tribe here to enlighten us. We're going to talk more about, uh, I want to talk about the, the children. Uh, we've talked about many things, Mary and I, but I want to talk about the children. Welcome, Mary. Karen, it's always a pleasure to um, have the time with you. You know that. <laughs> Mary's up in Queensland. It's lovely and hot up there, I suspect. It is, and we're into spring already, so it's, it's a wonderful time. I mean, the weather here is always pretty good anyway, but I'm very blessed to live in this beautiful part of the world. Yeah, absolutely. Mary is recognised as one of Australia's leading researchers and writers in the UFO and contact phenomena areas. And she's the author of a highly acclaimed book called Awakening, How Extraterrestrial Contact Can Transform Your Life, which was uh, published in 2002, I think. The producer of EBE award-winning documentaries, Expressions of ET Contact, A Visual Blueprint, and Expressions of ET Contact, A Communication and Healing Blueprint, and her latest book, The New Human, which came out in 2016, which showcases many of your clients that you've had over the years. You've worked as a, as a nurse, as a counsellor, a healer, and then you started in hypnotherapy, I don't know how many years ago, many years ago. And so many people started coming to you and um, now you're kind of world-renowned. They call you the alien lady, which is hilarious, <laughs> How many years ago did you, when was your first client that really sort of started talking about their galactic um, connections? Well, that was about uh, 1995, 96, when a gentleman, you know, I was in private practice then. <clears throat> and this gentleman came and he said, Mary, I've heard you're open-minded. For this, there's no support groups. For this, they just think you're a loony. Um, but I'm having these experiences, my partner's having them, the children are having them, the relatives won't come to the house because they think it's demons, can you help? And that really was down the rabbit hole. His name's Ellis Taylor. He's now an author in his own right, lives in England. And really he was the one that got me looking into this, although I'd read a couple of books at the time. One was Dr. John Mack, um, Abducted Human Encounters with Aliens, Professor of Psychiatry at Harvard University. Sadly, he's passed on. And of course, Communion with Whitley Strieber. I read those books literally weeks prior to Ellis walking through the door. Within a fortnight, someone else walked through the door having experiences. And then it just exploded. And I realized it wasn't rare that I thought, oh, this is really rare. How interesting to, this is not rare. This is happening globally. And I've worked, as you know, with over three and a half thousand families and children. And they, when people say to me, how do you know that they're not fantasizing, hallucinating, all the rest of it? And my answer is this, they must be family hallucinations because most of the family generally are involved, including intergenerationally. <clears throat> so that for me was the pivotal time where I started to look into this. But the, the, the fascinating thing is the outcomes. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've got a frog in my throat here, but anyway. So yes, long, a long time, 25 years ago now. You know, uh, as, I'm, as, I, as I'm listening to you, so there are people in the group that know their galactic 
um, that, that they've got galactic connections, but may have never had any sort of experience or maybe dreams or whatever. And then there are people that never think about it and then they have these experiences. How do people, like you've been watching people, you know, acclimate to this understanding of who they are. What have you seen with people that wake up to this understanding? What does it do for them and how does it change their life? Well, there's two important things there, Karen. One is there are many that don't have the classic way of waking up, that they've seen bright lights in the sky, aware of missing time, or waking up at night and sensing something's in the room or feeling they're being taken, which is sort of the classic um, abduction contact kind of experience. And there are those that have always been aware they're different, that have, have felt they don't belong here that the planet, is, you know, there's something seriously wrong with the people on this planet because they're so barbaric. Um, they, can't under, they can't relate. They always, you know, they are multidimensionally very connected. They're the ones that already start to see spirits, orbs of light, energy fields, beings, and all the rest of it, and soon learn that they can't talk about this because if they do, then they're going to be judged as someone who is mentally unstable or whatever. So they live in these two worlds. And for them, this is their reality. So it's not a big deal. The big deal is living on a planet where people are unawakened, that are behaving in a way that they can't connect to. So you've got the, the sort of polar opposites of the ones that wake up in a more shamanic way through fear. And that fear propels them into either denying it or opening up, which I call you know, the modern day shamanic UFO awakening experience or the others that are struggling with the 3D reality that doesn't make any sense to them. You know, when I talked to a young man of 10 only a few weeks ago, he was telling me he was being visited by light beings. Um, he comes from a planet of light. He said that on his planet, you um, manifest instantly. He said, it's much harder on planet Earth, Mary. It's a bit of a game down here. It takes a bit longer to manifest. And I asked him about what was happening now. And he said, Mary, this is the reset. It was quite clear he knew why he was here. It's the reset. So I thought, mm, well, I've been hearing that quite a lot. Yeah. This is the difference between what I call the older generations that, and I believe it's been an intergenerational activation that it's been going through, you know, the grandparents, they'll say, oh, granddad was always interested in UFOs or grandma was always a little bit bay or whatever to the point now where you've got the children saying well actually my, the planet i came from i was blue um i've come here for the first time um i'm uh, as one said you know i'm a central seed that i've come to activate this planet and work with the pollution on this planet so you've got this this huge range of different experiences that i'm exposed to now and it's okay so so where are you at? Where do you need to go to get you to the place where you are in harmony and happy with how you're experiencing? And some it's grounding them and getting them to say, well, you've come to planet Earth to experience 3D reality. You can't run away from it because you come here because it's part of your experience. Let's see how we can help you manage that. Or we've got the others saying, oh my God, you know, I might be a hybrid or why am I feeling so connected to the Pleiadians or the Arcturians or whatever? Oh my goodness, this is real. 
and they've got a PhD that says, no, it isn't like an MD or, you know, a clinical psychologist or they're a physicist or they're a lawyer saying, oh my God, if I take this on, is my world going to fall apart? So my job is to help them find their balance and harmony within that matrix of their own expression of, of reality. Yes, exactly. You know, David works, who's in the group who works in the corporate world, and I bumped into him in the market yesterday, and the first thing I heard come out of his mouth was, Palladius. <laughs> and he seems to be having this conversation with everyone that he's meeting at the moment. He's like, one of his missions is to wake people up to the reality of extraterrestrial, I don't know, reality, because we've been so hypnotised, so conditioned, that if you talk about aliens, if you believe in aliens or ETs, you're just crazy. It's really just been a collective uh, thought form, a collective hypnosis that I don't know who started it, but it's kind of done really well. It's worked. And so we have to untangle that, don't we? We have to untangle this idea that uh, extraterrestrial or off-world uh, beings are a part of this world. and. Yeah, go on. I was going to say that it's almost like the, the, the division and the conflict you're getting about those that believe the narrative that's going out there now about all this virus or whatever. And you've got the other ones talking about the pandemic and how this is all, you know, a new world order thing. It's almost, and you see the division that that's causing because one's challenging the other. And uh, the, we're getting, we've always got that with the ET side simply because the propaganda has always been that this isn't a reality, that people who believe in these are crazy. And the, the issue for me is that we have a, 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 a the 3D narrative in psychology that says you can't experience anything out of your, uh, that is different to your five senses. Anything beyond that is not valid. And that's been the biggest issue and the conflict that so many have had is they'll be having these experiences, but because of their programming, they can't own them. And the numbers of people that contact me saying, are you going to think I'm crazy if I tell you I'm seeing these beings or I'm seeing angels or I'm seeing fairies or I'm whatever, um, or I'm communicating with animals or whatever, simply because their programming um, as saying that's not real. So the, the issue for them is if I own this, will I be okay or will I just end up crazy? Because of an inaccurate psychology that we have on uh, the Western world that says that's not okay to experience anything other than your five senses. So I'm constantly battering, you know, get, getting people to explore the fact that that has to change, that our, the, the psychology programming has to change and it's, you know, it's like, come on, guys, we know that we're beyond our physical body. We experience all these things out of our physical body. When are you going to get the, the message that this has to change now from in the mainstream as well? And not just metaphysically or, you know, through your various spiritual beliefs or whatever. And that's yeah. the big one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And we've been conditioned through critical mass, yeah. through our media system who puts out an idea. And people start chewing on that idea and they go, mm, that's interesting. And then the more people that chew on that idea and the more people that believe that idea, it only takes a percentage of the population and then it explodes in the minds of everybody and it becomes a reality. It's like first it's a thought 
then it's, you know, an idea and then a thought and then a maybe and a belief and then it becomes the truth. And so we've got to use the same, you know, protocol, the same way that we've been conditioned to undo, unravel the conditioning. So the more of us who do uh, know that they're connected to their galactic team or that are talking to a multidimensional beings, and the more people that stand up for that and believe that, it only takes a, a percentage of the reality and then it just explodes in the mind of, of everybody, really. But, I, you know, you're right about the COVID. I was watching the news on Saturday, yesterday. No, yeah, Saturday. People were marching around Australia for freedom and all, I don't know, they were marching for all sorts of things. And I watched the news wondering how they were going to report it. And they reported it like they showed the arrests and then they said that, you know, these people believe, you know, they're crazy. Some of them believe that it's not even a real pandemic. And they were just vilifying these people. And I'm thinking, you know, what makes hundreds of thousands of people across the world come out and say this stuff? Is this the mainstream media just saying, you're all crazy? Like, <laughs> you're all mad? I mean, how can hundreds of thousands of people or be wrong or mad. You know, there's, some, there's something going on. The fact that people are watching the mainstream rhetoric and thinking, oh yeah, those crazy protesters, those crazy people. But that's how it was presented through the media. Well, we know why that is, of course, because of the agendas and what have you. And the alternative media is challenging all of that. It's been something those with having experiences, whether or not it's with angels or whether or not it's with non-human intelligences, interdimensionals or whatever, has, uh, this has been the standard um, re response. And there's the, it, you need to look at the agendas behind that. And that's, that's taken me into the conspiracy side of things. You can't help but look at that because it's part of the reason people are vilified for having experiences out of the norm anyway. And there's agendas behind that. And when I say, when somebody says to me, oh, well, that's a conspiracy theory, I'm saying it's not a theory, it's actually a fact. And I'm a critical thinker um, because we all know that conspiracy theory was actually orchestrated as a, um, by the CIA to literally shut down people that were having experiences because a lot after Roswell in 1947, CIA was part of what was um, created to shut down anyone that was talking about their experiences. But the heartening thing <clears throat> that I've noticed now with the shift that's going on, the, um, this, this whole reset, as this 10-year-old was telling me about, is that with my book, The New Human, which I thought would only really get um, the, re you know, the people reading from a metaphysical point of view, ET, um, stroke, uh, contact point of view, I'm being uh, accessed by... I, um, clinical psychologists, educators, and only recently um, a, a, another psych psychiatrist um, who was saying, you know, um, what really called the book beautiful. Now, you don't expect that from a mainstream psychiatrist, for example, to actually say that to you about a book that's all about children going to, being taken to Mars, being shown how to activate and levitate, that's talking to trees and talking to um, animals and, you know, mind there's no editing in that book you know it's the, as they know it and as they experience it when a child says that when he goes up on the spacecraft his family is the mantis and he you know he um 
literally evaporates into the mantis form when he goes on board craft um, for a time and then comes back to his human form. There's nothing in that book that's mainstream other than I've got, I've, I've littered it with PhDs that have come out the space closet, you know, like Dr. Olson, who's a molecular biologist, because I wanted to show despite how, um, uh, how out of our box their experiences appear to be, and they're not so out of the box actually after all, is that the, the um, fact is that there's a way of understanding that and bringing it into 3D in terms of the DNA and, and our heritage and how actually it's all very logical once you start to explore that. And that was the important thing for me. As you said, you know, my background's nursing, it's also midwifery. I've been brought up on a science base from a, a, a biological health point of view. So I need that too. I need to know that there's a basis for what is going on. All I'm aware of more than anything is when we look at consciousness, then we realize very clearly that we're not just a physical container, that we go, you know, what was interesting about the surveys that we did with the, the free organization was we discovered with 4,200 people that the majority of their encounters, 75% were out of body and only 25% were when their body, when they went physically as well. These are facts that have never been known before. And of course, it's easy to dismiss them then because you're out of body, oh, come on, you know, um, what are you saying there? But what we're saying is now with remote viewing, with all these, you know, out of body astral traveling, near death experiences, um, shamanic experiences, all these experiences are demonstrating our consciousness can leave our physical body. Um, and that's now what's coming to the fore is that we're looking now at consciousness itself rather than, you know, is, is this real? Not only is it real, but we're having these experiences that are showing us the, the nature of our holographic universe or, or the matrix. Yeah, I'm just reading some of the comments here. Absolutely. And science is talking about downloading consciousness to computer programs. So, uh, so you know, we're talking about it in the scientific communities, like consciousness is, um, is not, you know, connected to, I mean, it's in the body, but it's not the body. It, it, you know, you can take it out of the body and put it in another body or put it in a computer program or whatever they want to do with it. Um, what does Kristen say here? Uh, David was saying what's critical thinking. Uh, Sarah's answered questioning what's present, thinking of, for yourself, considering and making your thoughts based on what you've been uh, researching or observing. And Kristen says exactly. And I think that the scientists are all working from theoretical ideas and a hypothesis of what the virus will do next. So who is really the conspirator? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I want to talk about the children. I'm so excited about Caroline Corey's new uh, movie that she's got out called Superhuman. Have you seen it, Mary? Yes, yes. I mean, she's done some brilliant work because um, I was in one of her previous ones and talked about the children as well. So no, it's brilliant and she's doing, she herself has had some amazing experiences. So it's, it's wonderful that it's getting exposure. I know, I know. And this is the conversation, you know, because I attract the difference makers, the new world teachers, the light weavers, I don't know, what, whatever you want to call yourself. Um, because, so you have these experiences. How do you communicate what you know to a mainstream audience? And what Caroline's done is she's made a couple of uh, DVDs or, or films all about ET contact. And yet in Superhuman, what she's done is she's 
presented the information in a very digestible way so that the mainstream can understand it. So she's got a whole lot of scientists, you know, showing, um, she's called it making the invisible re uh, visible, making the invisible visible. And, um, and she's had the children on there that are reading and doing sport and painting completely blindfolded. They're doing it with their third eye. You've had experiences with this too, Mary. Do you want to talk to us about that? Absolutely, because it was actually myself that was talking about the um, ladies that were teaching um, this whole thing, seeing without sight, extraocular vision. ICU is the one um, under Nicola Farmer in the UK, who's a good friend of mine. What I did was um, with my daughter is we got one of the ladies coming and teaching it here in Agnes Water. Um, there was a group of children there that came over a weekend. And even over the weekend, I've got a video footage of a young, she's eight or nine, I think, only with a couple of lessons. She was literally coloring with this, these um, goggles on that you can't see through. And I've seen them and I, I, I can tell you that you can't see anything. Literally over that weekend started to color. She was able to read. She was able to see things that shone in front of her and behind her. And for me, it was extraordinary to, to actually see that for myself because my grandsons were part of that whole thing as well. But Nicola was telling me now that, well, you've, you know, you've seen what some of these children can do, but it's not just children. The, the brilliant thing is we might take a bit longer to get to, you know, to get, come to the party, but this is our abilities. Yeah, this is what is really so significant that it isn't just the six to 12 year olds that can do this. They do it more spontaneously. They do it a lot more easily because yeah. they're less programmed. But yeah. it, all it takes is the will to do that. We can do all of that, just like we can do all the remote viewing and remote sensing. And all of that is part of our abilities. It's just that we what you know, I say to people when they want to connect to their teams and guides and whatever, I said, the only thing stopping you is, you know, your willingness to go there, to trust it. And it's all about having trust and confidence in that part of you that's already there. And, that, you know, I said, it's not like you've got to learn this whole new protocol. I said, when you breathe, you don't think about breathing. Exactly. This is as easy as that because it's part of your innate um, abilities as, as a species. We have all of this but it's been shut down and we've been told it's not okay. Or if you're religious, I get so many within the religious fraternity that are told it's evil, it's demons, you're gonna be taken over. So the fear factor of going beyond that programming and allowing them to actually connect to their true selves mm -hmm. is a huge one. I'm, I'm working with doing that, I think more than anything else, is just giving, it's almost like, they need someone to give them permission to say this is okay and you know this very well because you're doing it all the time is that the, you know is that isn't it that it's okay you're yeah. actually okay to, to, to own who we are to own our abilities it's just owning it you know i was saying to the the tribe the the, the team the mob you guys the other day um online that i was in the shower recently and i was washing my face with soap and i had soap in my eyes so i had i was holding on to the shower thing and with my eyes shut, I put it back on the hook. And it was as clear as day, Mary. I saw exactly, because it's a tiny little hook that I had to shove it in. I saw exactly where it needed to go while I had my eyes shut. And I realized in that moment, oh my God, I'm seeing this through my third eye. 
it was not a memory of knowing where it is because you know how you have a like a muscle memory and you can sort of you know remember where something is with your muscle memory it was different because i dropped the soap and then i kept my eyes shut and i tried to find the soap and i couldn't and i'm like like a blind person like trying fishing trying to find the soap so i realized in that moment that that ability to see through the third eye is exactly the same just like you say about breathing it's exactly the same as when i'm doing anything else psychic like talking to my mob or seeing people's past lives it's so it's so easy it just just it just happens there's no making it happen there's no doing it it's just allowing it to happen and then when i tried to do it after i realized i'd done it i couldn't do it <laughs> Everyone tries so hard, don't they? They think it's going to be this huge, you know, it's going to take weeks and they, you know, and they're going to have to go through all these protocols. And I'm saying, no, mate, I can do that with you in a couple of hours. Yeah. Just remind you of what you already know. And I said, it's easy, but it's hard. I said, it's, it's hard because you have to shut down left brain. I said, but it's easy because you don't have to think. It's just there. It's exactly. just there. Exactly, exactly. Now, there's a few questions. Do you want to ask your questions, Guy? I was given a protocol by my team. I call it my non-human team. And in it, I take them into a certain visualization where I'm talking with them to their superconscious. And from that, I'm asking the superconscious to help them release everything that will limit them from being all they choose to be at this moment in time. So that's the mandate from this lifetime or any other. So they go through and I take them to a place where they allow that to happen. So I'm, I'm asking the superconscious to do exactly what it needs to do because their intent now is to move into another frequency, another awareness. And then from that, I'm given a series of frequencies, color frequencies, and it's different for everybody. For each individual, it will be a different sequence of those frequencies. And when I bring, I ground them and bring them out, they are then in the frequency that they need to access what it is. So whether it's fear, and if there's any other fear that comes up, for example, because it's an imprint that they need to be conscious of, like I had a few days, you know, recently I had a, a lady who I got a really strange second frequency that I don't normally get. And it was a, a red frequency. And I kept saying, it's really unusual to get this frequency to take you through in the sequence normally and and it came up again and we discovered that there was something very significant in a past life where that red highlighted her, her demise um, in a past time or whatever and it was fire and she needed to be aware of that so that's why it had come up but normally the superconscious allows the release of everything because they're at the point now for activation and then after that, I say, right, now you're ready to meet your team. And we literally go. But it's always slightly different for everyone. And I'm given different. But the whole format is what works. David, it works every time. It's never not worked. And that's how I work. Now I work with consciousness. I'm seeing it with my screen. My screen is never here. It's, it's always over here like a video screen. And I'm, I'm shown exactly what I need to do, how long to leave people within that frequency. But I'm talking to their superconscious what fascinated me as a researcher was I, I always look at patterns of people's experiences and what i noticed in the generations is each generation was an upgrade of the previous generation in terms of awareness etc cetera, etc cetera. 
And I was surprised that so many who were coming from families that are having encounters, why the children were suddenly exhibiting things like ADHD or Asperger's or, or dyslexia and whatever. And I was sort of saying to the, the team, you know, okay, so what, what is going on here? And they said, Mary, they are wired differently. They are wired so they will not be programmed so easily into 3D so that, that you then lose much of this awareness because that's what the 3D program is geared to do. And so making it harder to program them means they can retain more of their awareness. If you notice with ADHD, they medicate them to slow them down so they can be programmed. But the whole idea is, as um, one good friend of mine who's in, you know, who in his middle years found out he was ADHD and wrote Close Encounters of the ADHD Kind, said, Mary, um, it's, uh, I retranslate that as always dialed into higher dimensions because he always saw more of reality. So what's happening now with these so-called dysfunctions is actually there are upgrades. They are the new humans that we also, the older models, we're not going to be left behind. We're being activated by them as well. But they are aware of their heritage. They are aware they come from a water planet or interdimensionally, a 10-year-old told me he came through a portal in the sun and they're aware of their mandate. They, they know exactly what they've come here to do, many of them. And they're seeing interdimensionally as one seven-year-old said to me, Mary, I can go to other planets and other dimensions through the runes, he said, but I just need to know their mathematical number. So the frequency of the planet will enable him to go interdimensionally, for example. Some of them are communicating with the elements. And recently I heard about a young man who apparently believed that he could actually stop time for an instant when he, he was experiencing this. So we, we're talking about an amazing array of what we would say superhumans really, but they're being born into an environment where they're here to challenge the system, to challenge it. And the, the more aware educators and clinical psychologists that contact me and psychiatrists and whatever are seeing these kids because they, you know, I say they're the star kids that are in these professions to assist these new children coming in. So you're getting the very awake clinical psychologist who's a, who is having their own experiences, midwives that have said, I'm here to birth the children, the new star children and whatever. Nurses that are doing healing on the quiet and whatever. So we've got this undercurrent of, of people within the system that are aware that they're here with a, a, a mandate for this planet. And as Karen's absolutely right, that it's like the hundredth monkey, isn't it? That we get to a point where there's a tipping point, which I think where the reset is about. There's a lot of hope for us that they're all flooding in to Earth to, to do their jobs now. It's incredible, really. It's exponential. And the interesting thing, David, is also that the, the physical senses are also expanded, as Dr. Lena Olson, who she calls them letter people because she's one, ADHD, autistic and dyslexic. She's tested for sensitivity. Touch is six times um, more sensitive. Hearing, extra sensitive, sight. Um, everything um, is, is expanded with the physical senses. That's without the multidimensional senses that you are being aware of from all those, you know, the, um, a broader frequency of visual spectrum, for example. That's why they're seeing spirits, energy fields, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it is literally physical and multidimensional as well. And we are not understanding that. So one of the interesting things an autistic child 
talked about, to, which stuck in my mind, where she was saying, somebody said to her, why don't you look at people? Why can't you look at them in the eye? And she said, because when I look at them in the eye, I'm seeing 10,000 images in one moment. Now you look at what that might mean in terms of trying to integrate into a reality where you are so hypersensitive that everything is, is difficult for you because you're, you know, and people don't understand. How do you articulate that as a child? How do you say, don't do this, you know, as well? And of course, many of them are telepathic. I remember one email from a lady who said her daughter from birth was telepathic. She was reading everyone literally around her. And she said, Mary, she's three years old now and she's still doing it. And you've no idea how hard it is to monitor your thoughts because you know your daughter's, you know, tapped into you. So this is the new paradigm. This is the new reality. So we just got to get with the program. Yeah, it's so exciting. It's so exciting. I'm just excited. I'm one of those letter people. How can we start training ourselves to see without seeing? How can we start training our children with this as well? I find it so fascinating and totally know that it can be possible. Well, I've got contacts, um, certainly with Nicola Farmer in England who's doing it uh, even in some schools now, she's traveling, in, uh, well, she was traveling internationally to Europe and whatever, I can connect them to her. There's a lady in Queensland that has done the courses and her grandchildren have done them. And she knows um, other sources of, of learning this as well for adults. So if anyone wants information on that, just to contact me and I can give them the, those contact details. But it's a, it literally is quite interesting now how exponential um, this information is. I mean, they were doing it in Mexico. They were doing it in India. They were doing it in Russia. But nobody was hearing anything uh, about it because they've known for a number, you know, 20, 30 years that this is possible. But it's finally taking off. And yeah, it's something that I think is fascinating to know that, that we all have this potential. I, I say, as you know, Karen, I've always said, this is our heritage and it isn't just for some people. We all have that innately. And as our, act, you know, our DNA gets activated, more and more of these kinds of potentials will be come to the fore. You know, I mean, I don't know how many of your, those in your, you know, your listeners have seen the film Lucy, um, but in the film Lucy, she's, she gets activated through these drugs. That, that get released into her body and as more gets released, more and more of her DNA gets activated and more and more she ends up actually in her light body and, and no longer even physical. Well, I think they were telling us something. Yeah. 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 I loved that movie, although it was a horror movie like that. Thank you. That's a really good question. And it's one I've been asked by a lot of parents. Uh-huh. Um, some clinical psychologists that are working with children um, and other, uh, other educators um, of various um, awareness like yourself. I did recently yes. um, an, an interview with a lady who's doing her thesis in Dublin University on these spiritual children. And she said, you know, what would you say to educators, Mary, about how um, to approach the awareness and, and, and meet these children's needs. And I think I horrified her a little bit because I, I actually okay. said, 
forget everything you've done up to date and start again. Right. Because we're talking about multidimensional awareness here. They, for example, as I talked to a seven-year-old who said to me, I can tell when someone's lying or telling the truth, Mary. And I said to him, so how does it feel? How do you know? And he said, well, I go all cold if they're lying to me, he said, and I feel all warm when they tell me the truth. Um, and, and I've been told by some children that the reason they speak to me is because of my frequency. So this isn't about looking really, you know, a nice middle-aged lady or, or, or whatever. It's about the frequency. So we've really got to look at these children have told me they've come here to teach us. So my vision has always been that the only way that we really can support them or the best way we can support them is to create a safe environment where they can then show us and tell us what they most need to be all they've come here to be. And they will know, they will tell you what they need to do that. And some will be drawn to ecology, some will be drawn to healing, and some of them are amazing empaths. So it's understanding how they experience reality so that we can then meet them in the middle there and provide the environment of, of love and, and support so that they then can do what they've come here to do, which means giving them decent food for a start. You know, being aware that there many are eating polluted food and what have you, and we've got, you know, fluoride in the water and we've got chemtrails and we've got, um, you know, we know lots of different foods that, you know, we have to look at organics. We also look at, um, and in my book, I particularly mention that through Dr. Lena Olson has said that they need more of certain vitamin, uh, B vitamins particularly, because um, ADHD utilize more of the vitamins, of those particular vitamins to stabilize them. Um, there mm. are a whole lot of really good health advice from her own understanding as a, a molecular biologist. And she's mm. found that it works. That it works. So mm -hmm. again, looking at the right kind of food because that stabilizes them, getting right. making sure that they are in the environment where people will listen, where adults will listen to them and honor their experiences. And that from that, we will then know the best way from uh, how to support them. So it's really about listening, listening to them. And then okay. Mm, okay, thank you very much, Mary. Yeah, I was telling you that last week, uh, she's just saying that she's just starting the new year, new term, you know, because summer is different in they've just started to finish their summer. And, you know, to, to, to introduce the conversation into the school, maybe show the movie Superhuman and just get the kids to start talking about it. Uh, just to introduce the conversation into the, because I don't know if at this point with laws and stuff, I don't know if we'll be able to introduce the subjects into school curriculums. I mean, that will eventually happen, I'm sure, especially in the public school system. But you can at least introduce the conversation and get yeah. the kids all talking about it. Yes. yes, yes. Yeah. One of the things um, that I did uh, develop was a questionnaire for adults, but then I did one for children. And when uh, I have a parent writing to me about their seven, eight, nine, or 15 year old child, I will send them this questionnaire because in it is looking at how they see the world, how they understand their world, you know, how do they perceive it? And it gives the parents as well as the children who haven't thought about how to articulate how they experience things. This gives them a way of articulating, oh, well, yes, that does. I do feel more of that. 
or I do sense more of that, or I am seeing, I am seeing colors um, when someone's opening their mouth and I'm seeing it because a lot of them are syn uh, synesthetic um, in the sense that they won't just see a number, they'll see a frequency, they'll see a color, they'll have a feeling with it. And this is not an aberration. This is actually their multidimensional sense with that particular um, frequency. So, you know, when you say, well, when you see that, what else are you experiencing? Oh, well, I feel like this about that, or I'm seeing colors or I'm whatever. So we can get a new roadmap to this, this um, our, our true reality. We, this is what we need to do now. This is raising your frequency. Every time you seek more understanding is raising your frequency. And everyone you meet within that kind of awareness is, is you're assisting each other to, and I'm gonna tell you a little, and, and this is me coming up even more weirder than usual. Um, I get sent a lot of star languages, light language, symbols, downloads, all this comes to me. And I remember questioning my team and saying, well, what's the good of that? I get all this stuff. How am I supposed to spread this lot out there? You know, I mean, it's pages of it like this. And I said, I've got a presentation that's 90 minutes or whatever. And they said, it doesn't matter, Mary, because everything that you view goes on your energetic field. And it's codes, it's star language, it's um, scripts, it's all those kinds of things. And wherever you go, then that is disseminated almost like a virus. It goes to wherever it's needed, just like that, just like a virus, right? And I question everything because I'm a bit of a bugger lugs. And I said to, um, hold on a minute, you're gonna have to prove that one to me because that sounds outrageous. <laughs> you know, you know, come on, give me a break guys. You know, we will prove it to you, Mary. Within a week, I was at a conscious living expo and I was sitting on a panel with a lot of other speakers and i really wasn't saying a great deal when a woman in the audience stood up and she said i've got to say this to you mary i've, I've just got to tell you this and i and i'm surprised and she said you're not saying very much right now but you're beaming out all these frequencies they're just hitting the whole audience and i was well you can imagine my reaction to that after being told less than a week prior this is how it works and the voice it's the energy field we are sharing those frequencies with each other or every time we do what we're doing so i believe it now absolutely and i've seen it happen i've seen uh, my presentations which have the frequencies in them affect people in the audience where one lady heard the star language came up to me a nurse and said i've just started writing this script after hearing that language Others will start to do all sorts of things. It, the, it's self-evident to me now. I don't even question it. But every one of you will be taking those frequencies with you. Wherever you go, whoever you're interacting with, and if that person is ready for those frequencies, they will take them on, or they'll be waiting for them. So that's the great thing. Thank you, Diane. Um, yes, any of the children born from 2000 are fully are, are, are will be fully integrated into the being the new human um, over that period of time you're quite right they are where we're going and this is what we're getting with their awareness etc etc and i think that's what is is so fascinating now that 
less and less are they you know taking on the programs because they know where they're from they know what their mandate is they know what they've come literally here to do they talk about you know where they're taken by the family the star family and of course many of them are identifying with various galactic origins whether or not it's arcturian or or whatever right through to interdimensional connections as well so the rest of us that you know are slowly waking up to that to them it's it's already inherent in their awareness and what's brilliant is when people say to me well how are they managing given that earth programming is so poor is that these children are being taken up onto craft to other places out of body and are being educated and being shown how everything works i mean it was interesting that one uh, i think he was nine or ten when i spoke to him first and he was doing clearings of lower lower entities and what have you and he said i've been taught how to do that mary now i go at night out of body and i go to where children are having problems and i clear it i clear this from their field now we're talking about a nine-year-old explaining how they clear um fields of energy that are negative or or lower entities and what have you at nine so this is the you know this is the kind of awareness we're talking about and it's way beyond what most of us have, you know really have have we're still looking at that going oh my goodness but to them this is the training that they're having when one eight-year-old told me she goes to a planet where they show her how to levitate how to use her third eye she was also shown um in uh, the genetic engineering they showed her where they were mixing species for different planets to seed different planets not just in our universe but other universes that's her understanding of eight take them give them 10 years and just see where are they going to go oh, i know it's so fascinating it's so exciting so i guess she's talking about methods of hypnotherapy maybe you want to speak about that mary right it's a good question there are different methods in all all of these different models and in hypnosis, you've, some of you may have heard of the Dolores Cannon one, which is quantum healing. There are lots of more standard where it stops smoking, et cetera, et cetera. And I did um, a clinical hypnotherapy course. What I discovered was that certainly anything to do with past lives or any kind of other kinds of healing was not part of that, um, that, that whole course. In my work, I was doing primarily then past life, hypnosis, et cetera, et cetera, healing. And then it went into people with ET experiences, missing time, um, wanting to know what happened on board craft, what, all those kinds of things. What I discovered was that as the hypnotherapist opens up to their own multidimensional self, then they are operating on a frequency that assists the individual to go to another level of awareness. So when I um teach the way that i work i am going with my client on that frequency and i called the course miss which is multi-dimensional information in a trance uh, trance um hyper sorry superconscious trance state and what i discovered i was doing when i was taking people into their experience that i was being shown by my team what was going on as well so i was actually with them and I was actually seeing some of what was going on. I wasn't telling them what to see, but I was being shown how to get them to see what they needed to see. 
So in other words, my team may say they need to look to the right because there's a being there they need to connect with. And I would say, I'd like you to look around and see if there's anyone you need to connect with. And they go, oh, I'm seeing something to my right. It seems to be a being. I'm saying, okay, would you like to now find out why you've been brought there? Would you like to communicate with that being and find out? And they would say, oh, it's telling me X, Y, and Z. Have you got any other questions? And they'd say, yes, I'd like to know about this. Right, well, ask them then. So they would get this whole new understanding of why they've been brought to the craft, whether or not it was to do with healing or not. And the question was, have you consented on any level? And they would say most times, yes, before I came here. So you've got someone going in, having no idea of their connection to these beings, the purpose of it, their part in it, why they've been you know, picked up all the way through childhood, getting all those answers via the beings themselves, coming back with a package that they can then work with. But because I was working on that other level, I knew what questions to ask. And that's the next level because you're working multidimensionally, multidimensionally with your own um, awareness, with their awareness and their team. So it's, it literally is, is this kind of um, information. That's, I believe, the next level of hypnosis. And it's something that I found myself doing and then trying to work out what it was. Why am I seeing what they're seeing? You know, when one young man, he said, I'm moving, I'm an ET and I'm moving something big from one dimension to the other and I wish and I got it's a planet and he goes it's a planet and I'm going oh right <laughs> and then I realized I was actually seeing what they were seeing so that's the next level and I ask those that want to learn that that they've got to open up because if they open up then they will help them give permission on a, a multi-dimensional level for the person having the experience to do the same and it's all frequency I'd like to say is thank you Karen as always for your facilitating this this wonderful source of information love and help and knowledge to all of those that that listen and can listen through what you're doing to me you are beyond gold you're one of the yeah. stars and I just want to thank you for you know, giving me an opportunity to share some of my my information, but more than anything, because you're bringing together so many beautiful souls. So if I, I'm saying anything, it's a big, big thank you to you and all these beautiful souls for listening in. Oh, darling one. Tribe, my, my inner sanctum tribe are amazing. They're all healers and teachers in their own right, doing it in, in many different ways. Some working in the mainstream, some you know, just sort of coming out of the mainstream and then scratching their head and saying, okay, what next? <laughs> like, okay, where do I take this? So I like to have those conversations of what do we do with this information? And I, I think that what you were saying, Mary, just sharing it is so important. So thank you so much, Mary. It's been just a blessing as always to have you with us. You, I just love you so much. Thank you, Sue. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. 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 Th